0: This podcast is brought to you by Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, good evening. I'm so blessed to be able to stand back up here. For those of you that don't know who, am I, who I am, my name is Matt Bolin. I uh, used to work here, so but they God moved me to a different spot. I'm the athletic director at Trinity Christian School now, but uh, still have an opportunity to serve here. I'm on the board with the church and, and just a blessed to be a part of what God is doing here, and so uh, very excited about an opportunity to speak and share with you tonight. So tonight I'm going to talk about living out, your fo- living out your faith. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to re- be reading out of the New Living Translation, uh, so if it sounds a little bit different, but I encourage you. I always bring four things with me to church every single Sunday. From the day that I stepped off staff, and I just became. A a normal congregational member, I bring four things with me every single time I come in this building. The four things I bring, I bring my Bible every single time. Because I know this, if I don't bring my Bible, yes, I may have a phone. But you know what happens when you have a phone? You get an email. You get a text message. You get something that distracts you off of what God is trying to share with you. And it feels good sometimes to actually turn some pages. It's a good thing to do. And so I encourage you. The one thing, I bring a Bible, I bring a a journal, I bring stuff so I can take notes. Now the great thing about it, on the back side of our bulletins, they give you an opportunity to take notes on that. It's very good. In fact, they've gone back and done studies that you remember almost 100 times more because you wrote it with your hand than you did by clicking it into your phone. It's something that ties in with your brain, with your hand, that when you write things down, You remember them so that when you're going throughout the week and you're like, man, what was that scripture that pastor talked about that week? What was it that he was talking about? What was it? What was it? And all of a sudden comes to remember it because you remember writing it. Sometimes we forget those things when we just put them on our phone and they become junk later on. So I encourage you. So those, I bring those two things. The other thing, I bring a pen because you can't write without a pen. And the last thing I bring is I bring a highlighter. In my Bible, I mark up my Bible constantly. If you go through, you'll see that I've got highlights, I've got notes, I've got underlined, I've got everything that I go through there. So I encourage you, make a plan to say, you know what, I don't want to just come. I want to learn, I want to grow, and I want to apply. So I encourage you to bring those four things with you every single service. Watch how God continues to grow in your life and change. And so we're going to read Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to talk a little bit about faith and the different types of faith and how good our God is still to bless us, even when we try to make it about us. And so, as you've gotten to Hebrews 11, we're going to read this and we're going to pray. Hebrews 11:1 says this, faith shows the reality. I love that part right there. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house tonight and learn and understand and be taught your word. And so, Father, I ask that you would bless each and every ear that is in this place, every heart, let it be open, Father, to receive your word. And so, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. I ask that you would help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity. Father, giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I plan on not saying so that lives would be affected and touched tonight. I pray, Father, that we would walk out of this place forever changed because we would get a revelation and an understanding about how good, how good, how good you are as a father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So once again, Hebrews 11:1: faith shows the reality. Now, I want you to think about this. If I were to ask you the word faith, what would it line up with? Would it be a noun? Would it be a verb? Would it be an adjective? What would that be to you in your life? Many people, I think, would say, well, that's a noun. That's a person, place, a thing. That's just a thing, But faith should always be a verb. It should be an action. It should be something that people say, that person has faith. But the question is, how do you know if a person has faith? We could talk about it. We could wear a shirt that says, I have faith. We could blast a song that says, got to have faith. We could keep going through all these different things. I could wear a cross around my neck. I could put earrings in. I could have a Bible with me at all times. I could do all those things. People may say, well, they look like they have faith, but I don't want to just look like I have faith. I want to know, and I want you to know that I have faith. And the only way that I can do that is by continually living it out. And the only way that I can truly do that is not to put an act, but to do it from the heart. Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And remember, Pastor taught us this years ago. If you will add on the end of every statement that you say, and that's just the way I want it. That's just the way I like it. That's just the way I want things to happen. I always get sick around this time, and that's just the way I want it. Well, that's not just the way I want it. Every time I buy a lottery ticket, I become a millionaire. Now, that's just the way I want it. I don't buy lottery tickets, but you know what I'm saying. This is something that you add in, and all of a sudden, faith starts growing. Now, what it comes back down to is this. Faith has to become a verb in our lives. It has to become something of substance, something that goes beyond it. It's not just a word to us anymore. It becomes more of a lifestyle. God is calling us to live by faith, not by sight. Too many times we take what we see to describe our faith instead of taking our faith and let it describe what we see. See, there's a difference between those two things. Because I'll tell you what I see right now. I see people just staring at me, kind of looking. I see, you see some pages moving. I see some people taking some notes. But as I look around, I may look at somebody and say, well, they're not getting anything, but I've got to listen by faith. Because my prayer before said, Lord, let their ears be open and their hearts be open to receive their word. So it may not be that you're making noise and agreeing with me, to, but you know what I'm by faith doing? I'm going to keep preaching because I know this, because whatever I ask, I shall receive. The Bible teaches me that. Matthew 7 7. Whatever I seek, I shall find. So if I keep living by faith and trusting God in this area, it'll change the way that I speak. It'll change the way that I walk. It'll change the way I think. It becomes a verb in my life. It's the reality. Faith shows the reality. See, too many times reality tries to describe our faith. Well, what are you believing for? Well, I hope this will happen. Oh, well, I'm going to get to that in a little bit, because there's a difference between hope and faith. There's a major difference between those two. Someone once said, well, yes, but the thing that I've been praying about, I don't see. It hasn't come to pass yet. But if you already had it, you wouldn't have had to believe it. See, here's the thing. If I came down here and I said, Adam, could I have $20, and he handed me $20, I'm not going to sit there and say, Lord, I pray that you will work on his heart, that he may give me $20, I've already got it. He already gave it to me. I don't need to believe by faith that he has $20 in his wallet. But too many times what we do is, well, I'll believe it when I have it. No, 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 no. That doesn't describe faith. That describes reality. Faith is believing when you don't have it that you know that you will have it. See, there's a thing that we have to continue to go through. But if you already had it, you wouldn't have to believe it. You know it then. In order to come to the place of knowing, you have to take the step of believing without seeing. Catch what I just said right there, because this is key. In order to come to the place of knowing, you have to take that step of believing without seeing, based only on your faith and the integrity of God's Word. See, We sing songs all the time. He moved the mountain. I believe he'll do it again. Do you really believe it? Because we sing it, it should be something that just resonates inside of us, that rises up, and we continue to say, you know what? I have seen him do it. I have seen him perform miracles. I have seen him do this again. Why am I worried about something that I know God can take care of that quick? See, too many times we get focused on the reality. I was talking to a friend of mine today at work, and we were sitting there discussing and talking about how amazing God is. And I believe this. I've shared this before. I believe God has done something amazing for you specifically. I think he has created something in this world that lets you know how amazing he truly is. One of the things he's done for me, and I've shared these before, one of the things he's done is stars. I love looking at stars. I love it. Because I walk out there in the morning... I'll get up, and that's one of the things I love about getting up super early, is it's dark outside. And I'll, in between sets, I'll walk outside and I'll look and I'll stare at those stars. And what it does is it helps to remind me that if I have a God who can create this and isn't done creating this, it's still going. Man, what am I worried about? Look at this. There's no way you could ever count all the, stare, all the stars that are up. But yet God said, I just did, I did that. If I did that for you just to see it, and I love you way more than just that, how much more will I do for you if you'll just simply ask? See, so many times we get caught up, focused on the things, the problems. And it becomes one of these things that it's the problem becomes closer than our God. So now our God looks little compared to our big problem. We need to reverse the order, and we need to see our big God to our little problem. When we have faith, we see God, and we say, God, there it is. Just take it. I don't need it. You take it. Too many times we say, no, 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 I'll take it and put it in my pocket. No, it's not about putting it in my pocket. It's about giving it to God. Cast your cares and concerns on me, for I care for you much. That's what the Lord says. Not, hey, good luck. I hope it works out for you. He says, cast your cares and concerns on me. Listen, if you've got things that you believe in for, for your family, for your job, for whatever it is, for you personally, for your finances, whatever, he said, cast them on to me. Cast them on to me. See, too many times we talk about faith, but do we add faith? Because here's the deal. This, giving your tithe, may not make sense. But again, it's not about seeing it and then believing it. It's about believing it, because the Bible said, if you'll give your tithe, if you'll bring it into the storehouse, watch that I won't take it, that I won't multiply and pour it out so much, so strong, so big upon you, that you won't even have room to hold it. You say, "Where that's from? Well, Malachi 3.10. Well, that was in the Old Testament, so you're telling me that the Word of God messed up, and he said, well, it's in the Old Testament, it doesn't matter anymore. No, no, no. If it's in the Word, then I believe it. And I believe it because I've seen it. Because I took the step and the Lord met me at every step I've ever taken. There are times that I question, did I do the right thing? But I know this, God says, I got you. We serve such an amazing God that even when you took the wrong step, he still met you right there. He still waited for you. He still was there to meet with you. That's how amazing our faithful God is to us. And so as we continue to go through this When we develop our faith to the place where we believe what the Word says, regardless of circumstances or physical symptoms, then we are believing the right thing, and that's what brings results. Listen to that again. When we develop our faith to the place where we believe what the Word says, regardless of our circumstances and the physical symptoms, then we are believing the right thing, and that's what brings results. Remember this. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. It's a choice that we choose. Faith shows. Faith shows. Faith continues to show these things in our lives. The reality and the other things that are going on, it's a choice that we choose to make. Too many people live by this statement that just kind of allows us to motor on through life, like, "Well, yeah, I go to church. Well, yeah, I have a Bible. Well, yeah, I'm a member here. Well, show me some evidence in your life about some things that God's doing. Well, you know, one time I prayed, and I did this. And, and, I, and I will tell you this. We, uh, hearing the stories of other people as they have faith and they believe for things, especially for things that are like, are, really, I can pray about that? We have a kid at our school, outstanding kid, great kid. Um, have a good relationship with him. And uh, he has a bright future, very, very, very bright future. He has an opportunity to do some big, big things in his life. And so he was talking one day, and he was really wanting this other person to come into his life. He was really wanting something, not, not a girl, but he, he plays on a team, and he said, I really need some help on this team for us to be better. And he went to his mom, and he said, I, I don't know. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen again. He's speaking reality, right? This is reality. This is where we're at. We have nothing. And his mom looked at him and said, well, why don't you pray about it? But, Mom, it's, it's, a, it's a team. It's just a game. And she said, well, pray about it. So he started praying about it. He shared the story with my wife, and he looked at her, and he said, Coach Bolin, I, I prayed. I prayed for this person. I prayed for this person. A week before school starts, a kid that we hadn't even heard that was possibly coming to Lubbock ends up coming into Lubbock, coming to our school and it's going to be one of the starting players on his team. The kid that he prayed for, God answered, even when he didn't think it would happen. He kept praying, he kept believing, and he said, I, I, I just got to pray. Because sometimes there's nothing else that we can do. But you know what? It's not the last thing we should do. It should be the first thing we do. We should stop and we should say, God, I'm giving it to you. When I give it to you, I'm just going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep trusting you. That no matter what happens, I believe, God, you're going to move. I've seen you do it before. I'll see you do it again. I'll see you do it again. I believe for me, a lot of times that I struggle with faith is because of timing. See, I have a timetable that I want things to happen. I don't know if anybody else is this way, but like, like when I pray about it, I want it. Like pray, here it is, thank you, you know, fast food. Like when I order my food at Chick-fil-A and I have to wait five minutes and I'm going, this is wrong. I should have my food. You guys are not doing your job like you should and you have to keep your tongue and you're like, here you go, sir. We're so glad to serve you. And I'm like, yeah, five minutes ago, you should have had my food. You know, we're sitting there, we're doing all these things, we're getting frustrated with these people and I'm like, are you kidding me? 50 years ago, you would have gone, I can get food in 10 minutes? That's awesome. That's amazing. What's this thing called microwave? What's this, this, We go through all these things and we take for granted so many amazing blessings that we have in this life. And we treat God the same way. I put my order in, I expect the answer to be right here. And when it's not here, we look and we say, well, God, what's your deal? Well, it's not God. Because remember this, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. So if you ask for it, that means you're going to get it. But God may be saying it's just not the right time. It's not the right time. See, there's a story of Jacob and his brother Esau, and and, and see, there's a moment where he's convinced that he's going to die, that his brother and Jacob tricks him into giving him his birthright because all of a sudden I'm going to die if I don't eat right now. Well, you know, sometimes in life we make some decisions based on our feelings instead of what we're truly believing for. See, here's the thing, you can feed your faith. Or you can feed your feelings. Because what's going to happen? The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing of the Word of God. So if you're not getting around and hearing the Word of God, how are you going to feed your faith? Because here's what's very easy to do. We get around the water cooler. We go to lunch with friends, and we tell them about our story. We tell them about our situation. We do these things, and we think, but they're my friends. They care about me. They love me. They do this. And you know what they do? Well, you should do this. Well, you should do this. Not one of them say, you should go back to the Word of God and trust Him because the Bible says, whatever you ask for, you shall receive. Whatever you ask for in my name, I shall give you. But too many times we keep going back to this idea, well, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, God's pretty busy because, again, we reimagine God not as God the Father, not as God who's omnipresent. He's here, he's there, he's in the past, he's in the future, he's at this moment, he'll be at the next 10-minute moment. He's everywhere, at all times, at all moments. But see, we don't understand that. So because I can't wrap my mind around that, we keep putting God in this box saying he's just like me. And I know this, that I get bored with me too. I get tired of people asking me to do all this stuff and to do this and to do this, and I don't want to hear them anymore. So if I get that way, then obviously God's got to get that way. But wait a minute, that's not who God is. Because we got to go back to that question I asked earlier. Who is God to you? Is he God the Father? Is he God the Judge? Is he God the Forgetful? Because a lot of times that's kind of what we do when we don't get it on our timetable. See, here's the thing. There's a difference between faith and hope. What God is simply telling us is that faith is laying hold of the unseen realm of hope and bringing it into the realm of reality. Too many times when it comes to receiving the Holy Spirit or healing or an answer to prayer, many people are just simply hoping they will receive it. Well, I hope so. I don't know, but I hope. I hope he does. I hope he does. Do you know what hope keeps talking about? Hope keeps talking about the future. So when you say, well, I hope he's going to move. Well, I hope he's going to do this. You just keep saying, I hope sometime in the future he's going to do it. And you know what that does? I've thought about this a long time because I fight with myself on these things. I say those same words about things that are going on in my life. Well, I hope he moves. I hope he does this. And you know what I'm saying? What I'm really saying is I really don't have faith that God is going to do it, and I'm giving him an opportunity to have an out. Because I don't want God to look bad. Because if I go to somebody and I say, I'll pray for you, now he's going to do it. And you say, well, I hope he's going to do it. What you've given him is an opportunity to not perform and be who God said he is. Because remember this, God can't lie. So if God said it is done, then it is done. But too many times we give them the opportunity because we have people in our lives that fail us constantly. And we view them like we do God. So when our faith is based on the people around us instead of the word of God that describes everything about him, Elohim, when we don't have that, it changes the way that we view God. So now we give him a scapegoat. We give him an opportunity. That's what hope is. Hope is speaking of the future of, I hope it will happen. Well, I hope one day my wife will do this. Well, I hope one day my boss will do this. Well, I hope these things, and if it never happens, well... I was just hoping for it. There's no certainty behind that. There's nothing behind that. What we're doing is we're just basically saying, if you fail, ah, it's okay. I always gave you an opportunity to fail. Here's the deal. If you give anybody an opportunity to fail, you really believe that they will fail. I always tell my kids this. I, I coach one of my daughter's teams, and I've coached my son's team, and I look at them, and they shoot the ball. And it hits the rim. And some people say, hey, that's a really good shot. That did those things. I look at them and say, hey, make it. I say, when you shoot it, what are you going to do? I'm going to make it. That's it. Nothing else. Not I'm going to hit the rim or I'm going to do this. I have so many people say, well, I hope it goes in. No, well, it's never going to go in. It may luckily roll in. But I want to hear hope. I want to hear I'm going to make it. When I can get somebody to get to that mindset, you know what happens? Every shot they shoot is true. Because every single time, if if I go, well, I hope it looks like that. I'm just going to toss it up there and hope it goes in. You always have an opportunity to miss with that attitude. And so what it comes back down to is this. Faith speaks in the present tense. See, hope is about the future with a scapegoat. But faith changes everything. But it's not hoping that the job will get done. It's believing. The Bible says now faith is Now faith is, remember this, now faith shows the reality. If it's not now, it's not faith. Very simple. If it's not now, it's not faith. See, so many times we've been sticking on this word that says, well, I hope it'll happen. I hope. But God's not talking about hope. You have hope, now you speak it into reality. But I don't have it. Exactly. You speak it into reality. For years, I I played the game of golf since I was about four years old. For years, I had people that would be like, Have you ever hit a hole in one? I'm like, No, but I'm going to. Have you ever hit a hole in one? No, but I'm going to. No, but I'm going to. And you know what? I kept hoping. I kept hoping. I kept hoping. A hole in one is one of the most special things that'll ever happen to a golfer. And I had people that were terrible at golf that had hit hole in ones before me. And I'm like, It's not fair. It's not fair. I'm better than them. I should deserve to do this. But I can remember the day that it happened and it became reality. God spoke to me that day and he said, you've hoped for years to hit a hole in one. You've come close many times. But he said, now you're in a club that is unique because now you know what faith is all about. You stuck with it. You kept fighting. You kept fighting. You kept fighting. You kept fighting until reality became the faith that you've been leaving for. See, that's the thing, what it is. You keep going at it. Because here's the deal. So many times we stop one corner too early. All I had to do was go around this corner, and the blessing of God was waiting right there. But what corner? It's the next one. Well, how do you know? Because I said it's the next one. Because remember, it's not hoping it's the next one. Faith is now. Now. Faith is now. And so this is what we're getting to. Someone said, well, I believe I'll be the blessing, I'll get the blessing sometime. See, that's not faith. When, when you say those words, I, I believe it, sometime I'll get it, it changes. That's hope, because hope always is in the future tense or pointing to the future, but faith is now. Faith is now. When are you going to get it? Right now. So when I ask, when we pray, what are you going to get? What I ask for. Why? Why? Because the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. It didn't say, ask, wait, 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 keep hoping, keep hoping, keep hoping, and then maybe it'll happen. No, he said, ask and you shall receive. Forever, whosoever asks shall receive. See, it continues to go on this. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says this, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. See, too many times, well, I hope it'll happen. See, that's not faith. That's hope. That's future, maybe it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. See, I didn't say I didn't make that up. That was in the Bible. That is God's word. And here's the thing about God: if I view God as a God who has and needs scapegoats and opportunities to not perform because I'm not sure He will then you're not viewing the same God that I serve. And that's something that we need to look at. So again, I ask the question, who is God to you? Is God the God that you believe? Because the Bible said, whatever you ask, you shall receive, but I haven't received it yet. Well, you know what, it's around the next corner. It's the next day, it's the next moment, it's the next thing, because God always has something to use you, to get you, to bless you, to move you, to motivate you, to do whatever, to continue to build up that faith inside of you, because you know what you are? You're a light that is not meant to be hidden on a hill, but it's to be able to shine bright. Because what do lights do? When we shut all the lights off and we're outside and there's a light on, what do all the bugs do? (laughs) Go right to the light. Why? Because we're always attracted to light. I guarantee you, if we were to turn off every light in the city of Lubbock and put one light on here at the church, people would flock to this area. Because in light, there's safety. In light, you're not worried about things that are gonna happen, because in light, it reveals the things that are going on around you. And you know what God continues to be in our lives? He sheds light into the areas that we've been lacking. He sheds light into our lives to use us, to show us, to teach us. Because the faith that we believe for can change and move mountains. Because he's done it before, he'll do it again. See, here's the thing. There's two men in the Bible that I want to talk about, Abraham and Jacob. See, Abraham was a man that was referred to as a friend of God. He was a friend of God. Jacob is the one that had to wrestle with God in order to be blessed. See, there was one night that Jacob was left alone, and a man of God, it says, came to speak to him. And they wrestled all night long. And it says that he wrestled, and he wrestled, and he wrestled, and he wrestled, and he wrestled. And he finally got to the end of it, and he said, I have to go. And he finally... Took his hip and dislocated it. And he said, and he hung on tight and he said, I'm not letting go till you bless me. And you're like, man, what faith! What faith he had! What faith he had! For the rest of Jacob's life, he walked around with a limp. See, the only way Jacob was able to get blessed was by forcing the blessing to happen. But see, here's the thing many of us live our lives like that. Like, i got to make God bless me. I've got to do this. i got to do this because he's not blessing me the way that I want him to. But you know what Abraham did? Abraham walked with angels constantly. They were around him all the time. In fact, they were walking with him one time, and they looked over at Sodom. And it says that he was walking with them, and they looked over at Sodom. And God said, should I reveal the plans I have for that city to him? And he said, and they finally told him the story. They started walking through it, and they said, I'm going to destroy that city. And Abraham said, wait, 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 God. But they'll look at you as a a wrathful God, a mad God, the God that they've always talked about you being. I know you're not that God, but they don't. What if there were 50 righteous men in that city? What if there were 50? Would you still destroy those 50 with all the others? And God said, well, if there's 50, no, then I wouldn't do that. And I guarantee you, Abraham started thinking about it, and was like, oh, that's a really bad city. That's, that's like the original Las Vegas. So we gotta bring it back down. What if, what, what, what if there's 40? What if there's 30? What if there's 10? And he goes all the way down to five. He gets down there and he gets it, and he's saying, but God, what if it's just this? And he said, if there's those many, I won't destroy it. See, here's the thing. In order to get an answer from God, he didn't have to wrestle with him. He lived for him every single day and just spoke with him. Because he lived his life by faith. He didn't get to be called a friend of God just because he was lucky. He was called a friend of God because he was a friend of God. How many of you have ever seen God? Guess what? Neither had Abraham. But he still lived, and he's my best friend. Everything I ask, I shall receive. Everything in the name of Jesus, I shall receive it. Isaiah 41.8 says this. I'll put it on the screen real quick for time's sake. Isaiah 41.8. I hope she didn't fall asleep back there. That's not good. I was talking too long. Isaiah 41.8, do you have it up there? There we go. But as for you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, my chosen one. Remember, this is the one we're talking about. Jacob, my chosen one. This is the same Jacob we're talking about that the, way, the only way he could get blessed by was, was by wrestling the angel and wouldn't let him go till he got blessed and it took him getting his hip dislocated in order to be blessed. For the rest of his life he walked with a limp. Descended from Abraham, my friend. You know what it took Abraham to be called a friend of God? Faith. See, Both these men were blessed by God, but they were blessed in very different ways. Now, we have a decision to choose to make. Who do you want to be like? Because many of us live Jacob's life every single day. Well, I feel like I have to do this in order for God to listen to me. I'm not clean enough for God to listen to me. You don't know what I've done. No, 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 God does know what you've done because he's omnipresent. He's been there. He was with you while you did it. And he still loves you. So you've got a decision to choose to make. Are you going to continue to live your life like Jacob, having to force the blessing to happen? I'm not letting you go. I'm going to wrestle with you. And I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make you bless me. Or would you rather choose to live the life like Abraham that says, I just want to walk with you, God. I just want to be with you, God. He didn't have to sacrifice a limb. He didn't have to cut off his feet. He didn't have to walk the rest of his life with a limp because they had to dislocate his hip for him to finally quit. He walked it out by faith. Remember this. Hope is always for the future. That gives you an opportunity to make you valuable. What that means is you become more valuable in your life. Jacob had to make it happen. Remember what it said about him? Who was Jacob? He was the chosen one. He was the chosen one, meaning that God chose him. That's him. I put it on him. He's going to be blessed. Jacob's only way he could see to do it was to manipulate the situation and make it happen his way. That's how he got his brother's birthright. He tricked him. The way that he got the blessing from his father was he tricked his father. Because he never saw how God could bless him. Because he always lived by hope, not by faith. You want to be called a friend of God? Live by faith and watch what God continues to do. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchloving.org.